Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where we talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today, I have Cosman Costin of Coaches Console, partner and CTO. Coaches Console is an application that helps thousands of coaches launch their coaching business and helps to manage their business and their clients. Today, we will discuss with Cosman how he became involved with his project coming from a web agency background, how he became a partner in the project, and how he and his team have led the company to seven figures ARR and beyond. How are you today? I'm great. Very happy to be here with you. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. So before the show, we were just discussing, uh, you and I have actually known sort of, we had a brief experience working together, I guess it was like 15 years ago, eh? Yeah, it must have been around 2005, and I think you were you were looking for a web design company for your probably the first your first business, which was the Bermuda the Bermuda pants oh, uh, business, which I th- I thought it was awesome. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So that does go back. So that would have been 2003. That's when I started that. So so that's going back just to show you how how much of old salts we are and in the technology field. So great, it's great to reconnect with you. Recently, I've been following what Coach's Console has been been doing. And and I remember back uh, when we were discussing, you were very interested in getting into building. You didn't want to stay as an agency, really. You were more interested in getting into building your own products, which is quite natural, I think, is sort of the natural evolution for, for agencies. They want to move away from agency work and have some products that you know, has, you know, what, what you know, um, you know, whatever the, the benefits of uh, monthly recurring revenues and all the other reasons that people want to get into SaaS. Can you just sort of get into how you first came into being involved with Coaches Console? Yeah. So again, when, when we met back in 2000, you know, my business was a web design agency and very, I want to say very soon after, maybe in 2005, 2006, we got into this coaching industry space. And what we were doing is, again, building websites for different coaches or for different people that were in the personal development industry, like, you know, people who do trainings, things like workshops and that sort of thing. And we did that for about two years. And during those two years, what, what, what I started to see is a couple of things. One of them is that the projects became quite repetitive. Uh, everybody needed kind of the same thing, the same type of website, same type of functionality. And then the other thing is that people really took a very long time to work on their project, but very few of them were actually launching a business. So as developers, we, uh, you know, as we care about the, the, the people that we work for, we care about them having a great outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would really break my heart to see that, I don't know, 90% of people would invest into a project and never 
never launch never launch it in the world they would never get any clients right not immediate so the fact that we were you know we were doing a lot of these websites they were repetitive and it was a bit of a disappointment because some of them were not even used has gotten me into a space where you know i wanted to move away from 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 building this and i wanted to move into into something else something that i could keep like, keep like developing on and were you at the time were you focused on just a coaching niche or were you building website you were obviously building websites outside the coaching niche as well so during the same time we also had the great financial crisis happening before of that our agency was doing a lot of work in Romania with fairly large companies we worked for Coca-Cola and Danone and a lot of companies uh-huh. and it sounds very it sounds very sexy uh-huh. in a way yeah. but during those times budgets were cut and people basically wanted you to work for free and and all sorts of the strange things that happened after the great financial crisis so that was a moment when i said i'm going to cut all this work that doesn't make sense and just focus on the on the clients that feel good and i feel like i can deliver a better value to them okay. so i really like the coaching industry and i like the fact that you know it wasn't just selling sugar water you know that something you believed in. it was uh, a product that you believed in it it was something that i i was believing in i believe in people improving their yeah. lives and and you know having mentors and coaches to guide them to 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 make their lives richer and 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 their journey easier were you were you having coaches at the time i mean why did you believe so much did you have a coach at the time i I was involved into a coaching program back in 2002 and that was a big big eye opener okay. for me. Um, so you had seen some results and you knew that coaching you believed in it cuz some some people don't believe in it, you know. Yeah. Uh I personally do. Yeah, I've I had know. some great um great res- um success with coaches. So so I totally understand, you know. So so you got involved with coaching, you liked you liked the, the space uh you started to build these websites you noticed they were repetitive so you built started to build like a, a like a theme for coaches or what was it or was it like a wordpress plugin or what was it at that time at that time what I, what i built one of the first let's say startups although i wouldn't I, it's pretentious to call it a startups because i was i was coming at it from you know with a developer's mind like let's build it and they would come yeah So what I what I built together with um uh one of my clients from back then um uh, the idea was that he would market it and I would build it I built this platform called web marketing sales uh-huh. that basically was a SaaS and it allowed you to build a website you would have a shopping cart to sell products um you would also have a newsletter you could send out marketing emails okay. And this was before this was before uh um, pre-Shopify and this stuff. This was before yeah. pre now it was pre-WordPress. Oh, I mean, really? Okay. I don't know when when WordPress showed up, but it it was before WordPress took over the world. Okay. So, you know, the idea was that, you know, you'd have this all-in-one tool that would would allow people to go in and 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 um create a business online and and make uh-huh. money. So we we ended up creating this product that basically we started to use it internally mm-hmm. like we started to use it with our own web design clients mm-hmm. uh 
when people would come, we would no longer create HTML websites. We would develop it on this platform and that would, you know, also give them some other functionality like having people opt in into a, into an email list and, you know, really basic, but very important things to have even, even in today's world. So that was the first product created and first, uh, I don't know, again, I wouldn't call it a startup because there was a lot of things missing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first product that you, that you got, um, you mentioned that coaches console started in 2004, but you got involved in 2007. Is this, um, was coaches console a client using this product that you're talking about? It was not. What happened is that we, I got introduced to the coaches console, um, team by one of the clients that I was working with Mm -hmm. and, um, the coaches console team was, was working with this client who was a coach. They were trying to, you know, go to the next level in their business. And the story basically goes like, you know, they were saying, you know, Michael, how, how can we go grow our coaching business? You know, what's the next step? Uh, please coach, tell us what to do. And, and, and Michael came back to them and he said, um, well, ladies, I have, uh, I have a newsflash for you. You don't have a coaching business. You actually have a software business and I don't know how to help you with that, but I know somebody that's very knowledgeable and you should be in touch with him. So that's how we got connected. I made I met the ladies at Coaches Council and we started we started by being, you know, my my company being a contractor for them mm. and doing basic stuff like bug fixing, um the current version that they had and, you know, technical support, very very I don't want to say simple things, but basic. But normal things. like agency work. You come in, you came in as an agency, you're sort of hired, um, they're hired tech support. So somebody else had built this platform. Is that correct? They had they had an MVP. These are the ladies that are founders, I presume. They had a platform. Somebody yeah. else built it. What happened to that? What happened to those developers? They weren't good or So they built this MVP, which was so it was two thousand four and there was, you know, there was something built, but it was very, very early stages of an yeah. MVP. Okay. They had clients yeah. using it, but not a lot of functionality. Yeah. And and they hired a local company, you know, just because they didn't know where to go. And, you know, the internet wasn't so developed back then. You didn't have things like, I mean, you had things like Elance maybe, but Upwork didn't came around yeah. yet. Yeah. And it was just harder to find people. Yeah. So they just went to a local development shop in their city. Which is what, in the state? In the US? It's in the yeah, States, okay. yeah, in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. And basically, you know, after the, the people developed the first version, it was very hard to get more out of them to develop the product further. It was always like, oh, this can't be done. This is too complicated. So they were facing, you know, an let's say an unwilling, an unwilling developer. Okay, that makes sense. I'm not sure what the motivation of the developer was, but they, they seem to be unwilling yeah. to, to go further because there was a lot of work to do, of course, but it didn't seem like they were right, Likely they've gone out of business or something then because that doesn't sound like a very sustainable model if you're telling your clients, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> sure I haven't followed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
yeah so what happened is that you know with me the 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 my approach was you know was always um quite different from that uh, my approach is that you know anything can be done but let's see what's what's worth to do right now what 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 makes sense as i was saying i was also coming from the fact that i would see a lot of people sink a lot of money into projects uh-huh. and them not not seeing the light of day yeah. so uh, my approach was you know um let's say more of an agile way let's build build a feature let's see how it does and let's move uh-huh. on um and i was trying to i was trying to add value to the business mm-hmm. um because that's what i believe in you know if you bring value to a client then something good will come out of it i really believe into you know a win-win situation right. and actually a win-win-win situation because it has to be good for the agency let's say it has to be or the developer it has to be good for a client and then most importantly it has to be good for the users yeah so trying to get this together they really liked my did my you get that from my... where did you get that mindset because that's not like i mean it's common sense to you and i now as entrepreneurs and as business owners but mm-hmm. it, there's not a lot of people that really think like that you know if i go to upwork for example i won't hire any developers from there because it's the mentality is more like i want to get this done so that i could move on to the next project you know it's like a churn and burn mentality yeah. and that's why i don't go to upwork yeah. Uh, where did you get that mentality? Is that from coaching or from from I mean a mentor? Where does that experience come from? I, I I can't trace it to to something specific, but I would say that from from when I started to work in in IT and web development, I never struggled to have clients. Uh-huh. So most of the time, you know, I would have more clients than I needed, mm-hmm. and more than enough work. Yeah. So then I realized I can I can select the work that I do. Okay. So if I'm doing something, why not do something valuable for everyone, you know? Cuz I'm going to make the work anyway. I'm going to make the money. I'm going to spend the time. Yeah. So why not optimize for a good outcome uh, for everyone? And it's just a it's it's a positive feedback loop if, if you if you give something of value to people, you will get something back. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can get burned a little bit, meaning that, you know, you can, you can give too much to somebody and they, they don't have the same, they, they won't reserve the reciprocate, mm-hmm. but you know, that kind of investment, you know, you're, you're losing, let's say 10% energy on, on people like that, but then you identify them quite early on yeah. and, and you can fire the client or just move on and, and find a new client. Yeah. So I was always looking for people that I would enjoy working with. Uh, that they would have interesting projects and they, they would, you know, ideally they would do good in the world. So, and I'm getting more and more selective with the, the people I work with. Yeah. Uh, that could be a factor of age as well. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that sounds good. So, so um, you, you're now getting, taking over for these, these uh, bad developers from Virginia. And did you decide to refactor or just redo the MVP or what was this sort of, what was the path? So the original version, let's call it version one, uh, you know, it was built in 2004 and we kept adding bits and pieces mm-hmm. to it. We kept adding functionality. It's PHP um, stack, I presume. It was PHP. Uh-huh. Yeah. PHP, uh, MySQL, yeah. um, typical stack. Mm-hmm. Um, we kept, kept adding functionality to it. And 
I got, let's say, more and more involved in the business. Like I trained the first customer support person and right off the bat, I, I went into and not only took in the, you know, the business requirements or the requirements of the clients, mm-hmm. but I was actively like, you know, what if we build this and what if we build that? And the experience that I had with, with the project I said earlier, web marketing sales helped a lot because I could see how, you know, these coaches, you know, they need the, the website platform that I build and they, they need the um, email list functionality that I build. They need the newsletter, they need the shopping cart. So what happened over the next few years is that we built the second version of the coaches console software mm-hmm. by importing many of the modules that I had already built. Okay. Um, and imp- importing sounds is not the right word because we rewrote it anyway. Right. Um, but you know, the fact that the structure was developed and the thinking was developed and the team already knew those, those modules, it was easy to, to integrate them into the coaches console project. Okay. So that was about in 2010, we launched the second version of the, of the software, which, which had a two times more features and it was by then it, it started to be a complete platform for coaches okay. before it was just to manage their coaching clients. Mm-hmm. But in 2010, you could manage your calendar and you could, you could sell stuff online. You could, um, you could send out marketing emails. So you'd, you'd have a complete, a uh, complete package for, so it sounds, for an online business. It sounds yeah. sort of like the other product that you were working on. You had bought the, the, the sort of pre WordPress, um, site, you know, product that you were talking about. It sounds like a lot of the same functionality you brought over from that is exactly. as well. And at this time, were you CTO or were you still just uh, an agency behind, behind the product or the company? Well, I was, you know, I was the first person to, uh, to be of technical, of a technical mind in the, in the, <laughs> in the company. Yeah. So, you know, it, it never had a CTO until I came on board. Okay. Uh, it just had some, you know, the contracting company. Okay. And then I, uh, you know, they weren't looking for a CTO. They weren't looking for a technical founder. They were looking for somebody to fix the bugs and, and make the damn software work yeah. <laughs> and improve it. Yeah. The fact that I can name myself CTO or, or I name myself CTO at some point along the way, it was a natural consequence of, of me, you know, me being having a technical mind and, and uh, they need you, yeah. and product oriented. But how did, how did yeah. the conversation go? Did you approach them or they approached you? Like, cause you're, you're working, you're an agency. How did the, how did you sort of develop this, uh, CTO sort of mindset in the company? And was, was there any sort of hesitations on your part being like, mm, I'm getting sucked into a project here. I, I mean, this isn't my project, you know, was there any reservations mm-hmm. from your perspective, being a business owner in your own agency on diverting some of your attention, maybe in like sort of a minority position in another project? Yeah. Yeah. So be- between 2010 and 2015, you know, we, first of all, I, I, again, I enjoy working with people that, that I like. Yeah. So you know, I became friends with the founders and we started doing more and more work together. Like, you know, we started with, I don't know, 20 hours a month or 40 hours a month, uh, contract 
And, you know, over the years, this became, you know, multiple people working full, full time for, for this project. Uh -huh. And what happened at a point is that I realized that, yes, I was investing a lot of time in the project uh, and a lot of um, energy and sweater could be like beyond, you know, beyond what uh, would be called for. Yeah. Uh, just caring you so were much thinking for the like an owner essentially i was thinking like an owner without, without being, being an being owner, an owner yeah. and 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 you know and having my um, having my hands into other projects as well and other agency um agency uh, development yeah. and in agency work um and i don't know i want to say in 2014 or 15 i went to i went to the web summit in dublin yeah and there I had an interesting experience where I saw, you know, there were 10,000 people, 10,000 entrepreneurs there. Many of them didn't have anything. Some of them had good products. It was a surreal experience to see how vibrant the startup community was. Like, you know, I would understand it from the blogs and from from online, uh -huh. how that your everybody first was trying to build a product. Is that your first event? That was my first event. Okay. Yeah, that was my first event. So yeah, seeing and meeting the people and seeing how some of them, they were so into it and dedicating their, you know, their <laughs> entire life. And like, I realized, oh my God, to make into the space, you have to be a hundred percent in. Yeah. If you're not a hundred percent in, you're already falling behind. Yeah, yeah that's true. So then the I started a conversation with, with the founders of Coaches Council and saying, you know, this is what I see. The company can grow further. Uh, my skills are very required here. You know, it's... It's, it's really... You know, it's, it's a software platform, right? It's, it's a software platform. So you, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you, need a, you need a technical person. And I want to be on the project and I want to dedicate even more of my time. I want to go in 100%. Uh -huh. Um, but I want to become an owner in the company okay. and we had discussions around that and they were, uh, very receptive mm -hmm. and yeah, what, what we, was the, we did what it. What was the, uh, so 2015, the project had been around for a little over 10 years. Do you remember the revenues at that time or at least how many clients there were? Uh, I mean, even rough, you know, I'm just trying to gauge like what kind of revenues that you're stepping into, you know, and they're sort of giving up. May potentially, in, in, in I, I want to say something like maybe five hundred k per year. Okay, so so do yeah, maybe like decent around yeah, that. So decent, decent revenues. They had forty forty thousand MRR or something, um, but mm -hmm. you know, which is isn't great for a SaaS. It's ten years old. How many founders were there? There's three ladies. Are you saying two, two founders, founders. Two and they're coaches? Yeah. Okay, and. And, and tell me about that conversation, you know, how did it go? Like what, what how did you structure the, um, the, the equity and the ownership? What did you have to, you know, do something I presume it was a U.S. company. Did you, did you, how did you figure out how to become an owner in a U.S. company? All that, those sorts of things. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the, the legalities are something that, you, you know, everybody can work on with a lawyer or things like that. And it depends from country to country. Yeah. Um, but in terms of in terms of the discussion, I basically laid out what I bring to the table and what I want. Like, you know, uh -huh. this is a software company, and 
you really need a person like me. Yeah. Um, if you don't have me, you'd have to get another person. And I would say that people like me are either very expensive or they have their own company. I don't think you'll find a lot of people like me with the same skill set, uh, you know, walking around uh, on Upwork and just waiting to be be hired. I think in the software world and, and probably in any world, if you're really good at what you yeah. do, you're probably in a in a good position already. So I, I outline my my the scarcity of <laughs> of the resource yeah. that I constitute. And they were in a, they um, were in agreement. Were they? Because I mean, I I know I'm thinking. Okay, CTO. A good CTO is at least one fifty a year, right? A good CTO. Mm -hmm. And is that sort of what? Even if they're from Romania, you know, it does, I don't think it really matters. Is that sort of the position that you came from? If you were going to bring on a CTO, it would be one fifty a year. Um, you know, this is what I'm willing to do. And if and what you know, what was the the terms that you came to them with? Yeah, if you, if you didn't have me, you'd have some. You need somebody like me, which would be expensive, and also, it's not only the money, but somebody for somebody to pour their soul into the company, yeah. they would want to have equity. It, you know, if they have the entrepreneur mindset, and if they care about the business, they also want to be a part of the business. You, you know, you can't. I think you. I. It's hard to find somebody who cares deeply, you know, yeah. has a founder mentality and they just want to be paid a, a monthly salary. And what were they willing to give uh, you for equity? Or what, what was the equity arrangement? Can you tell me that? Yeah, so what, what I was, what I shot for was I wanted to have uh, at least 30% of the company. Okay. And we structured a deal where I would get vested interest. Uh, so they would make sure that I would stay in the company for you know many years okay. or for the lifetime of what the company was the best, you were, and, investing was minimum like five years or was it essentially uh do you recall that it it, it was structures in, in in multiple layers i think it was so like 10 percent. It, it's more complex but let, yeah. let's say like let's say like 20 percent in two years yeah. and then another okay. 10 percent over 10 years or a whatever. few yeah. more years okay. so yeah okay Something and then like how about payment uh, compensation was with was it, it going to be just distributions at profit distributions and you were going to forego your agency fees or how how were you supposed to pay your you'd still pay the team i presume or can you you know sort of walk yeah. me through that yeah so the transition would be you know we started as a contractor so i would bill for my hours and i would bill for the programmers hours and the customer support hours and you know whatever team we assembled for this project. Uh -huh. And then when I moved to being uh, part of the company to have ownership, basically I, I no longer built for my hours. And um, I just started taking a, uh, you know, a percentage distribution of, of the profits. That's how we started. And then a little bit later on, let's say I started to have a, a small salary, but then the majority of the money I would make would come out of profit. So I would even more, I would be even more incentivized to, to help uh, grow the company. Okay. And so you were still paying your, your, your team though. So you were getting paid through the agency work by being an owner in the agency. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you kept the same rates. So what, let's say you're charging 15 hour or something. Um, 
and yeah. and your mark you had some markup on those hours and so you were that's how you were essentially compensating yourself because presumably there wouldn't be enough to really uh you know be able to cover all your your you know your the fees that you needed to by putting all your attention on this yeah and I, I would say you know in the beginning if i wanted to make a lot of money um if, if i just wanted to go for the money it, you know i would probably have had better avenues i really went into it because i loved the project and i i wanted to have this experience of of developing the project further and again growing the company and being more and more involved into the inner workings of the business not not just the software aspect okay. so over the years i started being you know involved as a management team and i'm also in charge of the finances of the company because okay. so really you I, really stepped in I'm good with money you stepped in as a full like owner mentality was were you how much time were you spending on the agency stuff then did you have did you have to hire like a, somebody to take over the agency so you were like full time on this or were you still doing agency work i didn't do agency work anymore i you know some projects were taking care of by uh, my wife who worked with the company back mm -hmm. then with my agency okay. so she could take on those projects and basically I you know I I I let the agency not have as many projects um, I didn't look for projects and I didn't actually stop taking like complex software projects that would pull away my programmers yeah from from the coaches console project from the main project okay how big was the agency yeah. at this time? About, is it like 10 people or was it like 40 people? The agency was the, the highest number of people we've had. I think it was something like 17 okay. uh, people in about, in around, around 2009. Okay. Um, but then we started having less people because focusing on the software development, I didn't need, you know, five designers. I didn't need a flash, uh, you know, flash doesn't exist anymore. I didn't yeah. need a flash animator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so there are a lot of uh, positions that were not necessary in in the company. So I just let those go away naturally and I didn't fill them back as people went on to different projects. Okay. And when you, when you joined the project after Web Summit, what were the effects of you coming on? Like how, how immediately did the company start seeing results? Well... What happened right away is that we did uh, another rewrite. Um, so we did one rewrite in 2010, I mentioned that, and we did another big rewrite in 2015. Um, and I think one of the most important aspects, which doesn't necessarily translate into revenue immediately, but keeping your software up to date is, you know, it's one of the things, you know, it's extremely critical because if you don't, you know, the years can go by and at some point you're, you, you realize that the software is completely irrelevant. So it's not necessarily about growing, but staying, kind of staying alive mm -hmm. um, as a software. Mm -hmm. Once you have a SaaS like this, there is no way you can stop adding features. There's no way you can stop maintaining. There's no way you can... Like Im imagine you stopped in 2010, in 2010, you know, um, you just had, you know, the mobile phones just started, started to take over the world. 
So if you have a SaaS software and it doesn't have a mobile version and you're not investing into it, what's going to happen, you know, in three, four, five years, basically everyone will say, Lead well, to another product. what is, what is this? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have mobile. What, what is this? Yeah. You know, I can't believe you're not, you don't have this. We have to move away yeah. and you have to keep up with certain trends mm -hmm. and certain certain expectations like the user's expectations evolve over the time mm -hmm. you know and they evolve with the entire software market you know if people see that google is doing th some things in a certain way like the google calendar is working in a certain way and you have a calendar module in your SaaS software people will start to expect google-like features or google-like uptime or google-like mm -hmm responsiveness yeah. from your small software which is a very Big ask yeah. hard yeah. <laughs> hard ask yeah. uh from a tiny team yeah. but people are expecting it like you know my google calendar i just yeah. click on it and it shows yeah. up i just yeah. click a button and it sends i just click you know yeah. why why isn't your calendar doing this so yeah that's why i'm saying if you don't con continuously invest in your SaaS software you're basically letting it die Okay. It sounds to me like that, you were just full on in the CTO aspect, building the software. The, because of that, the software got better and subsequently user base started to grow. Because um, I know you mentioned, say, 500K around 2015. Uh, you guys are um, mid se seven figures now. So growth has been, um, you know, fairly steady and, and robust since that time due to the software and improvements in the software. Yeah. Right? And, and other competitors are coming in uh, during this time too, big time. I imagine you guys are early to the space and now there's probably all kinds of other competitors that have popped up since 2016. Yeah. Yeah, so in 2004, you know, I wasn't around to do the research, but I think if this was not, not the first software in the coaching industry, it was Very, certainly yeah, among the first. I believe that. Um, now, you know, doing the marketing research, there's dozens of softwares that take different angles. Yeah. Uh, and some of them, they compete right in our space, you know, not only being um, developed specifically for the coaching industry, but also being, you know, the, having a complete range of features uh -huh. uh, for that type of business. But what we, what we do, which is unique, um, is that we, we brought together and we married the, the coaching, the training, the software and the support. So when a client comes to us, we just don't, we don't hand them the, the software and then I see. good luck, okay. off you go. What we actually do is that we take them, most of the people that come to us, they, they are a startup, they are coaches and they need help um, running and it. they want to, they want to launch this career. Okay. So maybe they've gone through coach training, you know, they, they know how to coach. Uh -huh but they don't know how to run a coaching business. So we, we put them through a program that trains them, um, that teaches them that the basic uh, things to know about running a coaching business online. Yeah. We teach them about best practices in the industry. Yeah. We give them hundreds of templates so they don't have to start from scratch. We give them the software that runs everything 
and we actually also the support. Uh, have a way of providing them support, not a, but not only technical support, we provide them with coaching support. How much of the, um, is, this sounds like sort of a services arm to the SaaS, or did you SaaS that out even more? And do you know what I mean when I say SaaS that out? It's, it's kind of a, it's coaching and training business on top of the software business. Okay. So people buy into the training and the, and the coaching, you know, because we, we tell them, you know, we have the recipe to teach you how to launch your coaching business in three months, let's say. Uh -huh. So they come for that. We have the all-in-one solutions. You get this training. If you go through it, we guarantee you're going to be up and running uh, very fast, much faster than any other way you do it. Okay. So what happens is that we take people through this training and um, taking them through this training, it, it, it elevates their game. They learn the coaching business. They implement their coaching business into the software and that makes the software stick more because through the training, they actually build out their, they build out their, 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 website, their, their website and their presence and their customer base they build out on our platform. So at the end of the training, whether it takes them three months or six months, now they have a running business online and now they can start paying for the recurring SaaS fees. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a hybrid model. Uh, and how much of the revenue breakdown is for the SaaS and how much is for the services and training? Do you... It depends from year to year because we've we've done a lot of iterations on the training. Uh -huh. Like the SaaS price is the same for. I mean, can somebody for, come for in and years. say, "I don't need the services; I just want the software"? Is that not? That's obviously an option. They can. Okay. They can. They can go to the website and purchase of so our software. But what we've seen is that when people go through the training, they are two times more likely to stick with our software. Okay and a whole lot of time more likely to stick with their own business. So it helps with churn um, then essentially the, the training from our end, from our end, it helps with churn. But the, the problem we were trying to solve is that, you know, people are coming, you know, they, they want to launch a coaching business. They know they need the software in today's world. Uh -huh. You know, they buy the software, but now they're stuck. You know, and they don't they know fail. where to start. They don't know how to create a package. Yeah. They don't know how to find clients. Okay. They don't. And they basically their startup fails. And if their startup fails, they will cancel quality. the software because yeah. there's no use, right? Yeah. They don't care if my if the software optimizes their time. Uh, they don't care that they can manage, you know, 50 clients yeah. with the software. Yeah. If they have no clients. <laughs> if, they, if they don't have a client. Yeah. That makes sense. So for the software to be valuable, um, we have to help them to start their coaching business and to have clients. Uh -huh. So again, it's a it's a win 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 uh, all around. If if we help our clients win, then we win their recurring fees at uh -huh. the end. And how did this um, this come about? Was this sort of a natural progression, or is this a, is this uh, just the philosophy that the founders had since the start of the company? No, uh, oddly enough, you know, the founders were coaches, and they started with the software, and I'm I'm the software, and I I I working with them i said we you know this coaches. is our cutting yeah. edge the coaching yeah. is our cutting yeah, edge yeah. let's let's build a school and teach people how to use this because if they don't know how to use it and they don't know what to do 
you know, there's only one way they out of the after the of our software. Uh-huh. So we were really complement each other. Uh, so it was your really your the, uh, you brought it about with this mentality that you have of the win win win, as you say. You you sort of introduced this idea. I'm I'm not sure if I brought it about or how it came about, but I I have been a big advocate uh-huh. of you know this is our this is our competitive advantage you know now that a lot of softwares are cropping up yeah. you know our advantage is that we 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 actually care so much about these people that we yeah we want to um, to help them build their business you know um, and of course it's it's uh, it's to our advantage uh, in the end yeah. Um, we're coming close to the end of our agreed upon time, but I, I want to just sort of touch on um, some of your advice uh, that you may give to some of our listeners that are either developers or agency owners that are trying to get into SaaS. Um, how you've navigated being, you still have the agency, right? It's still going. Your wife runs it. Is that? Is... I still have it. It's it's going. Yeah, it's going slowly, but it's going. Okay. It's there. It's and not. Is I, it... I I kept it alive because I need it for for this company as well. Okay. You know? <laughs> we need the web design piece as right. well. So you so keep it loosely. Why not keep it loosely to help bring this about? Any like, uh, uh, is there any advice that you have? You obviously have zero regrets on going this route, eh? Yeah, for sure. Uh advice for for people um advice for yourself maybe looking back like could you tell yourself back in 2007 like what have you learned from you know looking at today 2021 look back at yourself in 2007 what advice could you give yourself um to you know to navigate and grow this company the way you have yeah so the advices would be probably things that i touched upon already um one of the advices is you have to go 100% in on a project that you believe in uh-huh. um, because otherwise you're just falling behind. Um, and you did that. The rest Would of you the say people that, that are going 100%. Is it fair for you to say that you went in 100% on this uh, on the coach's console? Yeah. You did. You went Once you, yeah. you said 100% and you said forget, I'm going to turn away other projects. I don't need to be 100% owner of my own project. Exactly. You just said I want to go in. The, yeah. I see the potential. I like the people. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So going in 100% and then finding people that you enjoy working with that you would enjoy spending time with like you know being friends uh-huh. uh, because you're gonna spend a lot of time with yeah. them so you have to like them because otherwise yeah, yeah. do you guys do personal happen. meetups we do we do um i mean before the pandemic we would meet once you know you... twice or three times a year uh-huh. uh you know once in europe once in the states and then for a couple of years we actually did some in-person events we would had uh, hundreds of our mm-hmm. users come to atlanta and have and you would go you would a big go event there, there. Yeah. it was awesome yeah, that's great we would go yeah. yeah we would go there it would be fantastic time uh-huh. to be with your users yeah. that you've you know you know them you yeah, know all of yeah. them by by name yeah. from customer support and from the feature requests and then you know seeing them and they thank you and you hug them and yeah. it's like it's so special yeah, that's great and the other advice is um you know an advice for me you know back in the day was would have been you know not to um to understand that a a software is not just about building it it's also it's you know it's a whole it's a whole company uh-huh. the and you have to think about everything you have to think about not only support because that's easy yeah. 
Um, but think about the customer acquisition. Think about the financing. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, you know, being able to build software is, is such a small piece of, of the software business, of the SaaS business. And, and you know this, there's a, you know, there's millions of people out there who can build good software, but then there's less and less people that can manage all the aspects. You know, you have to do marketing, mm -hmm. you have to attract clients, you have to attract investors sometimes, sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to learn to grow the team, to scale the team. Um, it's really, you know, just like any other business, there's, there's so many aspects Yeah, and, uh, and thinking that you, you could build something and, and they would come is, you know, it's probably the most common causes for, for projects like this to fail. And I had, I, I had a bunch of them, you know, fail like this yeah. over time. And I've seen a lot of people, you know, dreaming that sometime they would invent this big software and they would you know make millions and whatever and uh you know it, it's a fantasy if you if you don't get on the ground and if you don't start meeting your customers right away and talking to them and demoing them and building for your customers mm -hmm. um if you're building in a silo you you're just you know it's it, yeah. it's a nice fantasy and you're enjoying your time building but um, you're not you're you're not growing a business. You're just building some software that runs on your laptop or on a server. Yeah, it doesn't have a life. That's right. I I think that's very good advice. And um, Cosman, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think it's uh, it's been it's been great learning from a a seasoned CTO, ex agency developer, uh, and and owner, and it's how you navigated your way into becoming an owner of a very successful software and it sounds like a great project that you've believe in and you've had a lot of fun with so uh i congratulate you and uh, wish you success in in your future thank you this was a pleasure great and how can people um get a hold of you if they want to maybe get some agency work done um or or uh find out about the the software any questions about the show how can they reach you they can shoot me an email at cosmin, cosmin at coachesconsult.com. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Cosmin. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software big break could be right around the corner. <music>